Welcome, welcome. So this is uh, workplace evangelism. So make sure you're in the right place here. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Pastor Jason. I'm one of the elders here. And the first thing you might be wondering is why is a pastor speaking on workplace evangelism? Like, aren't all his coworkers already Christians? Um, well, I'm one of the lay elders, if, you haven't met, if we haven't met. Um, and so I actually am also an urgent care doctor. And I've been doing that for a good 20, almost 30 years. Yeah. Um, and so I actually have lots of opportunities to, to witness to coworkers. Um, I, I kind of rotate around. So I work in four different offices. So there's four different sets of staff and doctors and providers and then other leaders um, and then patients that come in too, right? Those are like new opportunities every day. Um, and then some of my work is from home too, uh, meeting stuff. So I kind of try and think through that. And some of you, anybody work from home here? Maybe a little bit, hybrid. Yeah, that presents challenges in itself. All right. So, yeah, tonight uh, we're here to think through workplace evangelism. Um, so before we start, let me just open us in a word of prayer. Kind of let's get our, our, our minds focused on the Lord. Father, we thank you again for your goodness and your grace. Um, we thank you for just the different opportunities we have to, to share the gospel. And uh, as we think through just work, we recognize there are just unique challenges to that. And um, I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters here and just even the desire now to think through and just be more equipped uh, to be a light in the office uh, at work with coworkers. And uh, may you uh, equip their hearts, prepare their minds, um, uh, and even in our discussion time, help us just to kind of think through the different challenges together and how we can encourage one another in this, Lord. We thank you. We pray that you will lead our time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... Why are we thinking about workplace evangelism? And as you guys know, if you think about just kind of your circles and your daily lives, it may be one of the areas where you consistently are meeting non-Christians, right? Some of us may be in a Christian bubble where there's very few other non-Christians. It may be our next door neighbor, um, uh, but work is a consistent area. Um, and I think not just that, but in work, because of the stress and the deadlines and just that day-to-day -day interaction, people really get to see more of who you really are, get a sense of your good side and some of the bad sides too, right? Um, whereas if you're like a soccer parent or on the PTA or not, you can kind of keep your, your best foot forward kind of most of that time. It's a little more limited. But this is just like you may spend more hours at work than you do anywhere else or even at home. Um, studies show that up to 90% of people in a given congregation who come to Christ as adults do so because of a relationship with one or more Christians outside the four walls of the church. You know, again, this is what makes the workplace so strategic. Um, so we'll focus on many of the challenges in a work environment, but a lot of these principles, they'll apply just to other areas of life as well. So real quickly, what is evangelism? So the Oxford Dictionary, zealous advocacy of a cause, right? I mean, you could evangelize your favorite restaurant, you know, your favorite sports team, any cause. Uh, Oxford also recognizes that evangelism has a unique place in the Christian faith and also offers the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. Um, and the word for evangelism actually comes from the Greek word for the gospel. Um, and so, literally, we are gospeling. You know, we're spreading this good news. And we're called, in Mark 16, 
and you'll go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Um, now, Webster's talks about more of what, what is this good news. It's really uh, sharing Jesus Christ with people who don't know him. All right. So there's a lot of different definitions. I like this one from Nine Marks. Um, evangelism is teaching, heralding, proclaiming, preaching. The gospel, which is the message from God that leads us to salvation, with the aim, the hope, desire, the goal, to persuade, convince, and convert. Now, I mean, I don't think I need to convince you of what evangelism is. Um, but again, what about workplace evangelism? You know, when we... I think for many of us, evangelism itself is hard enough. But when you throw in work, that may send you know, shivers down your spine, just even thinking about combining those two, right? Um, so let's think through what does workplace evangelism look like. So I, I want to make this a little more interactive. So what I want you to do is get into groups of like three or four, three or four, okay? And um, think of some practical ways you can live out and share your faith at work. Maybe you've been trying this, or maybe I need to start doing this, or this would be great. I haven't even done this yet. And then, if someone could take notes, give like a letter grade, okay? Like A is like top-notch evangelism. B is like, you know, middle of the road. And C is like, okay, I said a prayer of grace and that was my thought of evangelism right um, so kind of give a grade just so we can kind of see the different levels you're thinking about so i'll give you like five ten minutes and then we'll we'll gather back uh, that was like the longest minute ever <laughs> i want i didn't want to cut brian off so um, <laughs> so let's just go around real quick how about this group what what were some like a level things b level things c level things maybe one of each if you could throw some out there of ways to uh to to evangelize at work I think we were hard on ourselves. We gave us, we gave out all of us bees, the very average. <laughs> but we felt like all of us were like pretty practical. It was like kind of like initiating like that, that relationship or initiating that you know this is who we are. Yeah. Right. So whether it be sharing our weekends, like what we did, even like with church-related things, or um, we kind of get deeper to like um, you know how are you doing? Right. Like is there you know is there anything you're struggling with or anything, maybe not necessarily even being like um, praying my prayer for you right there, but you know, just kind of investing in, in people around us. Um, so I think just trying to um, show that we care for the people around us. Yeah. Whether it be work or school. That is fantastic. So important. Yeah. We'll definitely delve into that more. What about the ladies back here? Um, we, we didn't really know exactly how to go about reaching okay. it, but um, <laughs> some things that we shared was... Um, having intentional reactions. So in the way that we would react to a stressful situation yeah. or to, um, I don't know, maybe even like a hostile work environment that would kind of display like God's love or grace or forgiveness, etc. Um, and then I think also, um, kind of using like building relationship with them and just showing like our care and concern for them. And um, making Christianity is just like a part of your identity. So, like, when they see you and, like, your actions and your words, they won't separate you from Christ. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. And what about this last group here? I can speak for a Um I, 
you didn't really necessarily come up with a list. I think you just kind of shared a little bit about what yeah. we all did uh, at work to okay. give context. Yeah, yeah. A little bit about the different ways we evangelize. And it was really similar to what um, Sean was sharing about um, kind of talking about the weekend or finding opportunities to kind of ask if for some people in healthcare, like if they're struggling through stuff, asking you know, is, it, is that a segue for them to start to evangelize? And then I think something that everyone said that was really helpful is um, he mentioned Tim Keller and how when you work on just loving the person, um, like you know, the workplace, like you care for them and you get to know them, then the, and that sharing the gospel or sharing about who Jesus kind of comes with that time. And mm-hmm. I think that was, um, I, we didn't grade anything, but I'd give that a letter A, mm-hmm. Tim Keller. But um, yeah, when you truly, <laughs> and it's, it's not like a one moment, but at least when I think about it, it's many moments at work. Where you're yeah, evangelizing, yeah. it's not just this one time, but an extended way of how you care and love and act in accordance to Christ. So. Awesome, man! You guys didn't leave anything for me to teach you here, but you know, the yeah. great way, great thinking, um, and we're gonna cover a lot of this stuff a little more in depth. But you guys are all in the right lines. Just fostering good relationships is so important, right? And it's it's a moment by moment. It's not just this one time. I'm done. Um, so. I, this is my categories. These are not hard and fast. There's probably overlap and gray and whatnot. But F is people just know you're a Christian, right? <laughs> That's not evangelizing very well if they don't even know you're a believer. Or they know you are, but they just can't believe you are, right? That would be kind of negative evangelism, right? C is just letting people know you're going to believer. You go to church. You pray before your meal. You know, you make little mentions of it. That That's important. Um, B, some of you guys mentioned, just talking about your faith. What motivates you? Consistently living that faith out, right? When stress hits, when a difficult uh, choice has to be made, how are you reacting to that? And A is just sharing the gospel clearly. Just like Tim Keller said, it leads to that. And I think the key with this is, let's throw F out, but A, B, and C are all important. You know, we, we can't just jump right to A every time. I mean, it's really this kind of continual trying to live out all these areas as we uh, learn to evangelize at work. Um, I found this quote uh, from Theology of Work Project. It's kind of a poetic way of explaining evangelism. The organic process of intentionally engaging individuals in their spiritual journey, joining the Holy Spirit, watching for where he is already at work, to help these individuals take one step closer to God and new life in Christ, becoming the unique reflection of the image of Christ and the resurrected, glorified persons God intended. This is very intentional, purposeful, but very slow kind of process, right? Um, We don't have to rush it, um, but it's just kind of walking alongside people. So before we jump into, you know, you guys already started thinking practically, before we jump more into that, I want to think through first is why is it hard? Okay, what makes workplace evangelism hard? All right. Um, A study conducted by Lifeway Research found 80% of those who attend church one or more times a month believe they have a personal responsibility to share their faith, but most never do. This probably doesn't surprise you. Right? A lot of us probably fall into this category. A lot of people we know fall into this category. It's, it's not easy. right? Um, we know we ought to, but there's just something going on that makes it difficult. And let's explore that a little bit. So back in your small groups, this one's a little quicker. Five reasons why this is hard for you or in general. Okay? Why is it hard right now to share your faith at work? And then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss more on that. Why don't we go reverse? Let's start with this group. Maybe just give, throw out a couple of the ideas you guys shared, why it might be hard. Uh, fear of man. Fear of man is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, 
probably yeah. Not, yeah, not knowing um, what they could think of you. Yeah. That was like comfort, comfort, time and place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And those are probably in the top two of most everyone's list, not just at work, right? Well, back there. We had pretty similar ones, and I feel like Fear of Man kind of summarizes all of them, but one that was different was um, fear of not being able to answer people's questions. Yeah. Yeah. That can definitely cause trepidation. Like, what if I don't have the answers? What if I don't know what to say? Right? But over here. Uh, we talked about similar things. Um, one thing we kind of talked about was like, if, uh, we say like we're Christian, then they'll hold us to like a higher standard. Or if we're, we don't normally act Christian, you know, have our flaws or so, like they're kind of like highlighted. You're kind of opening yourself up to like criticism. Hmm. You know, it might be awkward, or you might be afraid of that. Also, you might just be busy and feel like, oh, I have so much work to do. Like, I don't have also like time to evangelize people or work right. falling behind other things. Right. Good, good. So hopefully these little discussions are helpful, just kind of learning together, just hearing good ideas how to share, but realizing also, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat. We have a lot of the same fears and hurdles when it comes to sharing our faith. Um, so let's think through some of the, the uh, reasons why it's hard. One, especially at, in a work environment now, it's just the cultural climate, right? Um, we really moved from uh, postmodern to a post-Christian age that we're in now you know it used to be kind of to each his own you know what's good for you is good for you and what's good for me is good for me to now it's really you kind of have to follow what the greater society believes and christians are being seen more either as ignorant as just kind of stupid i can't believe you would believe in that or bigots hateful you know how dare you say homosexuality is a sin right um and so christians are being kind of uh, put more in this box, um, making it more difficult and challenging in so many ways. Um, and some people like, I wish we could go back to the good old days, right? But these are the days we're in, you know, and God's kind of letting our culture go this way. And in some ways, uh, the light shines that much brighter in the darkness, you know, and this is a time where we can really refine our faith. We can um, realize kind of some of the comforts we had in a society that carried Christian morals, but now doesn't as much. Um, and I think our witness can be that much stronger in that as well. So I think we can see this really as an opportunity as much as a, a challenge. Um, because of that, I think in some ways, reaching out to people with the gospel has become harder. You know, the traditional ways of maybe, why don't you come to church? People may be more reluctant to do that now. Or, you know, there's uh, the Harvest Fest. There's a crusade. Why don't you come along? You know, I think maybe a generation ago, it was a little easier to invite people to do that. Even sharing the gospel directly, uh, people might not be as willing to listen. Um, And I think that's where, again, like we've been talking already, personal relationships make that much more of a difference now. It's really so much of evangelism stems from just getting to know people, sharing our lives, sharing what's important to us, our faith, uh, at that level. Um, So the cultural climate, 
uh, personal relationships have become more vital. Uh, the workplace climate. So here what I mean is uh, the rise of social liberalism, human resource policies. Um, you know, so there's this kind of workplace tolerance now that we need to subscribe to. And um, I think this causes fear of either social harm, you know, people pleasing or ca career repercussions, you know, our security. Um, interestingly, in my work, we uh, are actually, our company ranges from Alaska down to Texas, the West Coast. And so I sit in these meetings with folks from all across that those the western united states and the folks up in the northwest um i would say they're definitely a little more liberal in this area and so whenever they introduce themselves on calls and whatnot it's always pronouns now and the emails have all that and the socal we're not quite at that that stage yet i guess um and so in fact the leaders we had a whole talk i don't know if you guys had this at work um, a seminar on how to use pronouns Right? I thought that was very interesting because the way it was presented was this is the norm. Right? It wasn't like you can question this or if you don't agree with it, it's just this is how it's taught. And we also uh, had another talk um, on uh, treating uh, transgender coworkers, how to treat transgender coworkers, and given by two folks who had transitioned. Um, and again, the way it's presented is this is the norm. You know, this is what's right, and, and, and we need to. Uh, to, to kind of just follow these, these um, kind of guidelines. Um, and, and so it, it's becoming more challenging how to navigate through these areas. Um, and I think we need to be all the more wise and all the more loving as we kind of think through these areas. And really, how can the gospel speak into these areas? A lot of different challenges that maybe a generation ago wasn't around. Um, another issue at workplace might be a power differential. You know, if you're like the boss, you're the superior. Um, and you need to be kind of careful sharing the gospel with someone you oversee. You know, they might complain that you're proselytizing, you're expressing your personal views to them. And the flip side, you know, trying to share with your boss can be tricky. You might worry that there's repercussions or back backlash from that. So there's that to think about as well at work. Generally, talking about religion at work is frowned upon, you know. Uh, most people don't talk about it kind of right there with politics, you know. You generally don't talk about those things much at work. And then you guys mentioned feeling inadequate. You don't know what to say. You don't know the answers. You're not living exemplary life at work. You guys mentioned these things. Um, so I think there's this growing pressure at work to, to act a certain way, to follow uh, current social and work norms. Um, and as you guys mentioned, with our people pleasing and our desire for security and comfort, you know, we just don't want to make waves. We want to keep the status quo. We want to fit in. But I think we have to remember as an evangelist, we have to be different, right? You know, the message of Christ is countercultural. It goes against so much of what society says is normal. Um, and as believers, we have to take a similar posture as we seek to faithfully live out the gospel and really try to share it with our coworkers who desperately need it, right? We need to be willing to be different um, and to stand out for our faith. All right, so with that in mind, you know, kind of some of the hurdles, um, how do we get better? How do we grow in this? All right, so uh, a couple of kind of just practical points to think about. One is just having a right attitude, having a right view, having a right goal. 
Um, so our job is to help people take one step closer to Christ. Right? We're trying to get them one step closer to Christ. Ultimately, we're leaving the results and timing to God. It says we're one link in a chain um, that the Holy Spirit, He can use at any time. And it might be a very long chain, right? We're planting seeds. You know, it's great if you were that last link, right? And they come to faith and praise God. Um, but I think more often than not, we're kind of just along that chain somewhere, you know? And they may need to hear the gospel and see it lived out a hundred times before they're saved. You know, and sometimes it's the first time. You know, it's all in God's timing and God's grace. Um, but we want to have that attitude that we're part of God's work here, you know? So success um, is not about necessarily uh, someone coming to faith, right? But it's just in being faithful, taking the initiative, um, using, you know, the gifts God's given us, the opportunities he's given us, uh, just to help people take one step closer to Christ. And uh, if you think about it, it's really a lifestyle, and that's kind of what we've been talking about, right? It's this kind of how are you going to live out your faith moment by moment at work, right? It's not just, hey, I shared the gospel with you. Check. I'm done, right? But it's really this, they're, they're watching you, and you have a chance to share Christ all the time. Um, so I kind of want to make this a little more personal now. So as we go through this, I'm going to give you a couple minutes just talking in groups. How can you grow in this area? You know, when it comes to your attitude, your view, your goal, how can you kind of grow in this? Um, and again, as a means just to encourage one another, we'll do that for a few minutes, then we'll move on. All right. I heard some really good conversation around the room here. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of this is, is praying, is confessing. You know, God, I just don't have a good attitude when it comes to work, when it comes to my coworkers, right? Finding accountability. Um, would you just ask me about my work? <laughs> you know, I struggle going in every day, and would you ask me and pray for me? Um, how do we get better at this? Number two is attract people to Christ. Um, one of the ways is just working with excellence, joy, humility, love. When they see you, and you guys kind of mentioned this, they should see something different again, right? Um, you know, just the quality of our work, our attitude toward work, it, tell, it says a lot about us, right? And it can really point to the God we serve. You know, can you imagine Jesus doing, like, substandard work, using kind of shoddy materials or um, just overcharging his customers, right? You know, then he goes on and shares the gospel. People are like, ah, who's this guy, right? Um, and again, we know, I know this can be hard. You know, um, there's this pressure. We learn on Sunday all the things we need to do, these commitments, and then we get to, to Monday, and it's like, man, there's too much pressure to live this out. Uh, at work, you know, cutting corners, accomplishing things at any cost, you know, making the most profit, you know, keeping our mouths shut, not making waves, uh, staying busy, right, doing your work rather than investing in people, gossiping. These are kind of these unwritten rules of survival when it comes to our workplace environments. And as Christians, we had to really be careful as we try to navigate through these things because this is kind of expected from some of your coworkers. You know, one of the things I tried really hard to, to avoid in my career, but the Lord ignored all my pleas, pleads, was um, getting involved in administration, right? When I started my career, I was like, I'm not going to do any of that stuff. And people would ask me, I said, no, no committee. I just want to see patients. And, and, you know, God has a sense of humor. And lo and behold, he slowly got me more and more involved. I've been doing administration for probably 10, 15 years now. And the last five years have been even more intense. Um, but it actually has been a blessing. You know, you know, I, I, 
part of my responsibility is making big decisions uh, that help set workplace culture. Um, often I handle people's life problems when they come and say, you know, I, got, I can't, the schedule's not working, I have this going on. You know, it's given me opportunities to share just values of fairness, of caring, of transparency, um, of trying to do what's right, right? Um, and I think these are the little ways that we each get to influence and create a workplace of integrity and of caring. Uh, work with joy. Uh, you know, I think this is another thing that a lot of workplaces, it's kind of the opposite. People are just grumbling all the time, right? Um, it's very fashionable to complain about the boss, the pay, the long hours. Um, and again, how we can handle these types of conversations can give people a glimpse into our faith. You know, you know for sure we want to avoid these types of conversations. But I think even on top of that, we can steer those conversations towards something more positive. You know, we can help people. Why don't we try to give others the benefit of the doubt instead of assuming the worst? Um, we can try to give people maybe a bigger picture perspective on the problems and help them see what truly is important in life. That's where the gospel comes in, right? And sometimes, you know, things at work truly are unfair. They are truly rotten, um, but we can point them to a greater hope in Christ. And that's an opportunity to have those type of conversations. Uh, work with humility. Um, this is the idea of just we should submit to authority. Uh, we should work quietly and peacefully. You know, that's what uh, the Bible calls us to. And again, in many workplace environments, it's, much of it is about propping ourselves up, you know, giving yourself credit, seeing others as competition, trying to get advancement, promotions. And you know, if you happen to step on a few people on the way up, you know, so be it. You know, I, I, I just mentioned how I, I got into this position of leadership. And it actually, it didn't happen overnight. It was kind of this long, windy road. Um, the two predecessors for my current position, they kind of played this kind of worldly game. And uh, there was exaggeration. There was kind of uh, lack of integrity in some ways. They falsely accused me of certain things um, to get their positions. And... I remember thinking and praying through that and talking to my, my accountability group and realizing my call is just to stay calm. You know, I'm not going to trade it for tat here. I'm just going to be faithful and continue to, to serve well at work um, and know that you know, God is for me and he, he, will, he will look out for me um, and really let my work speak for itself. And fast forward a few years, and both of those folks actually gotten a bit of trouble because of their lack of integrity and had to step down. Um, and, you know, when I get to, when I got to step in and starting to get feedback from the other leaders and, and whatnot, um, they, they appreciated my thoughtfulness, um, just the honesty, integrity. I think that was kind of lacking. Um, and I think in the long run, people value that, right? They see the value of good character in their leaders, right? And that, that really is a testament to, to God working through me. And I'm thankful for that opportunity. And when they, they, they mention those things, I try to point back to God. You know, I, I'm serving a greater purpose here. And I'm always going to try to do the right thing and, and love others uh, because of the Lord I serve. Uh, work with love. Um, and this is the idea of just, are you serving others? Are you, you guys, some of you have mentioned, you know, coworkers bring up problems. How are you caring for that? Are you 
taking the time uh, to care for people, invest in friendships. You don't see these people as projects, you know? Try to see them as genuine friends that you want to kind of do life with to the extent you can. You know, and in that, you can build trust. Uh, you show kindness and graciousness, which you don't always see at some workplaces. Um, and this can seem foreign to some people. You know, that, why is this person so nice? You know, they actually are sacrificing, taking time to care for my problems here. Um, and this takes intentionality. You know, um, you may have to go out to lunch more often with these people. You know, you need to make space and time for this. You know, some of you may consider living close to your workplace for this reason, so that you can see your work, your coworkers outside of work. That may that probably should be in your calculus as you are deciding what job to take. You know, how can I really strategize in being a witness at my work? You know, C.S. Lewis described the problem: when we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. Our careless lives set the outer world talking, and we give them grounds for talking in a way that throws doubt on the truth of Christianity. Yeah, so I hope you can see the importance of kind of living with this integrity, this character, this Christ-like qualities. And this will probably cost you. You know, uh, living Christ-like brings persecution. You know, one of the things I hate as a physician, and Rubens probably hates this too, is patient satisfaction scores. You know, you guys probably get like survey scores and things at work. Um, and we oftentimes we accomplish on this stuff. And then it becomes all about keeping the patient happy, right? And if you do the right thing, it doesn't always keep the patient happy. So that co- that's costly, you know? Um, and I think there's other, many other examples of that you can think of at work where as you try to live out that faith, it, it'll probably cost you in some ways. So all this is probably like C... C plus, B minus levels type stuff, right? Just letting people know this is who we're, we're Christians, right? Um, so again, just a couple minutes in your small group, how can you grow with this? Attracting people to Christ, how can you, what are some ways you can grow? What, what are some ways you're struggling with this? Yeah. And then we'll get back together. All right. Let's move on here for the sake of time. Uh, so next, uh, so we talked about kind of having that right mindset, talking about being attractive, just living out our faith uh, in ways of integrity and character. And then just putting Christ on the table. What I mean by this is just start letting people know how our faith plays out in our life and in our work. Right? Um, you know, just little mentions in conversation, um, kind of pointing people to this is why this is important to me. You know, I think as you foster these friendships and these relationships, it's naturally going to start coming up. Right? People want to start sharing some of their struggles, their spiritual struggles. And this is your opportunity to kind of start speaking into that and sharing personally how you deal with things, how you deal with the stress. You know? um, and then let it naturally come into the conversation. You know, we don't have to f- turn every discussion of, of the Dodger game into this uh, discussion on life and death, right, and eternity, right? Because if you try that, it's not going to work. It's not going to be very effective. Um, and we don't have to force it, right? Um, but just look for kind of those natural times, um, you know? And, and sometimes it, it just may be, you know, hey, there's this business 
trouble, there's this issue. And you can say, you know, this is how my faith lets me handle this. You know, just a little mention like that. Or I learned at church the other day, you know, this, this idea of a conflict resolution. This is how I ca- try to practice this. You can just kind of bring it in that way. Um, look for comfort. You know, when you're, t- when you're speaking with your coworkers, if they're really resistant to it, don't force it, right? Um, look for receptivity. Um, and then, of course, when you're asked, right? When you're asked, this is your chance, you know? And sometimes you'll get asked, you know, what do you think? Why is this important? Um, and I think we've all had times where we just choked, right? <laughs> so, oh, I, I knew I should share the gospel here, and then you don't, right? Um, and we'll talk about it in a second, being ready. But... You know, someone mentioned earlier, I still know all the answers. That's okay. You know, and you can share. Say, I don't know all the answers here, but I can share you personally. This is kind of how I, I go through this and what I think. And, um, and that's a great thing about being Christian. We don't have to know all the answers, right? Um, we're just sharing our testimony and pointing people to Jesus. And then as part of just integrity and being a worker, you know, uh, make sure it doesn't take inadequate time away from work. Okay, you can't be sharing 24-7 at work. You have to do your job, right? You have to let others do their job, too. Um, so make sure you're, you're wisely and lovingly kind of using these opportunities. And what happens then is, you know, people start watching you. you know, they start, wow, this guy's different, you know. I kind of understand what makes him or her tick, and now they're kind of watching how you deal with stress, how you deal with difficult decisions, a difficult person or a coworker or the, the difficult boss, and I think what happens, and I've personally started experiencing this over the years, is people start coming to you because they think, I think he knows something that might be able to help me, right? And they cut some, they, I, people know I'm a pastor, so they'll come to me and say, you're a pastor, right? So can I ask you something? And this is at work. I'm like, I love to talk to you, right? And, and we'll do that. And, but I think that's a product of just living out your faith and sharing that so people know, right? And I think you, you'll see that. People start coming and say, I'm having this problem, and can we talk? Um, yeah, so this, I would say, is very B, B-plus level, right? You're really starting to kind of let people know, this is how Christ lives out in my life, all right? And for the sake of time, we're going to move on. Um, the next idea is just be ready to share the gospel. You know, hopefully, again, as we're following these ideas, these B and C-level things, um, we're like this aroma, for Christ. We're salt and light in the darkness, right? And we're fostering these relationships. Um, uh, but at some point, we want to share the gospel, right? You know, I can tell you I'm this diehard Yankee fan. You know, I go to games every year. You know, I might wear my jersey on casual Friday. Um, that's probably not going to convert you to a Yankee fan, right? Um, we often think just, hey, letting people know I'm a Christian and praying, that's going to somehow convert them, right? Even if I brought you to a Yankee game, you probably wouldn't become a Yankee fan necessarily. But, you know, if I told you how many championships they won, how they represent all things good in this world, you know, and how becoming a fan will change your life forever, then you might, okay, maybe I'll be a Yankee fan, right? I need to persuade you to convince you of the goodness of this, right? Um, And that's sharing the gospel. People need to understand that they have this desperate need for this good news, right? And the answer is found only in Jesus. We have to, at some point, get to that level and share the idea that they need Jesus. Um, So I think it's important that when the opportunity comes, that we're ready. And go listen to Wayne's seminar, because I think he will do all this. I'm going to do this in like two seconds, all right? This is just kind of the, the gospel basics that we ought to make sure we're hitting. 
okay? Um, we want to make sure they understand that God is our good creator, right? He made us. He made us to have kind of relationship with him. And you hear this every Sunday morning, right? So this shouldn't be new news to you. It's good news. Uh, we've all sinned, right? Um, the punishment for sin is wrath and hell. Jesus came to save us by dying on the cross. He came as a man. He lived a perfect life. Um, and so he's the only one who could take the punishment for us. And he rose again and conquered death so that we have eternal life. So in every gospel presentation, we're going to challenge someone's thinking of what they believe is true about something on this list, right? About themselves, about the world, about what is right and wrong, about their purpose in life. Um, we're essentially going to tell them their understanding of God or ultimate reality is, is wrong, right? Um, you may think you know who God is, but he's not that type of God. You think you can do this and this to save yourself, but you can't. Um, you may think that Jesus was a good teacher or maybe a prophet, but he was so much more than that. Um, you may think that this life is all there is, but no, there's an eternal life. There's a heaven and there's a hell. Um, and we need to call people to respond to these truths. And often in conversation, there might be an entry point that comes up. As you're just having everyday conversation, people say, man, this world is just getting worse and worse, right? And you say, yeah, you know why? <laughs> and you can point to the gospel, right? Um, or people will say, man, whatever I do, I just can't be happy. I'm just trying all these things. And, and you can say, you know why? <laughs> and you can latch right into the gospel presentation that way, right? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's going to take place over multiple conversations. Um, it doesn't always happen all at once. You know, we can start kind of working our way in and kind of see how they respond. Um, and again, we don't have to force it on them. Uh, I think it's so helpful just to share our stories, right? Share our own personal struggles and failings. Um, and we don't need to preach we don't need to use all this, you got to be careful not to use all this Christian jargon. You just got to share your story of how Christ saved you and what a difference it makes now. Uh, Tim Keller, you know, he, he was talking about a lifetime of talking about Jesus with secular New Yorkers. You know, he's, he's passed away. He's passed around New York. Unless people find our conversation about Christ surprisingly compelling and stereotype-breaking, their eyes will simply glaze over when you try to talk to them. Right? Um, now, workplace, actually, it's illegal to ban conversations about faith, right? They can't say you can't have those, but you just have to be wise when you have them. They can't interrupt all your work again. I think if there is a power differential, you just have to be very cautious. Um, think about the context of the conversation you're having. Think about just your approach. You know, I've had the blessing of sharing the gospel with, with some of the coworkers I oversee, uh, but I make sure, you know, it's an appropriate time and a good conversation that we're having, and they don't feel like, okay, you need to listen to me because I'm your boss, and I'm going to change your schedule if you don't. You know, I don't want them to feel that way, right? So it's just trying to do it out of love. You know, it's often when they're sharing a difficult time in their life, right? And I kind of point to that. So look for entry points, connect to their eternal needs, and share with wisdom and love. Yeah. Um, and the last idea is we, we just have to pray, right? Uh, we need to pray for ourselves, you know, pray for our hearts, for our idols, for our attitudes, for our preparation. Um, pray that this is really flowing out of our worship, our daily devotion. 
is where this love and uh, this boldness and this sharing comes from. And, and pray that God will do this good work. You know, only He can minister to their doubts and to their weaknesses. Um, only He can soften their hearts to receive the message. Only He can do that miraculous work, right? Um, and so, are you praying for your coworkers, right? Are you praying that they will be receptive, that their eyes will be opened? Um, we'll just wrap up. So I don't want to keep you guys too long. Now, what if you work from home? I know there's some of you probably do or have or will. Um, I think this is challenging, for sure. Um, those meetings aren't necessarily conducive to any kind of small talk, right? If, you've been, if there's a meeting with 30 people, it's like, how are you going to have this? It's very challenging. Um, I think it really takes intentionality. Um, you know, if somehow you can build that in virtually a little, can we just like have a little chat time during work, you know? seems weird, but I think some people do it. Um, a virtual lunch, you know, or maybe just find time outside of work. Um, you get together outside of work. Uh, I think prioritize being in person rather than virtual. I think something as Christians we should think about. I think nowadays, if you're not offering hybrid, people aren't even going to come consider your company, right? And some people just want to work from home all the time. But as Christians, I think we need to consider how's that going to affect our evangelism to our coworkers, right? It, it's very hard, you know. Um, and so something we need to think about. I think it takes definitely an extra, much extra levels of intentionality, but it can be done, you know. We can still try to build relationships in those ways. So, just to close, we're ambassadors. You know, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. That's how we need to see ourselves. That's our lifestyle. That's our call. We are ambassadors. And that's how people see God, is through us and the way we're living. Right? And kind of, these four words, I think, summarize it well. You know, the character is, how attractive are we? You know, do people see Christ in how we are carrying ourselves at work? Do we have a concern for our coworkers? Are we caring for them? You know, do we have the right attitude as we approach them? Do we see them not as competition, not as difficult people in our lives, but as people who need Jesus, right? Whose eternal destiny is at stake here? Competence. Are we preparing ourselves? You know, are you ready to have that conversation, right? Um, uh, yeah, are, are we ready to have that dialogue? And then go have the conversations. You know, are we being proactive about just talking with people and loving people and sharing our lives with people? So I hope you're seeing, you know, evangelism, it's, again, it's not just this one-time thing, right? It's, it's a day-to-day, moment-by-moment lifestyle of living out the gospel. And so I think that's the first thing to ask. Are, are you intentionally living out your faith every moment? You know, and like I said, it's just it's an overflow of our love and worship of Christ. So you should be praying every day, you know, God, grow my character. Let, let my character be shining at work. Grow my love for people. Help me be prepared. Help me have good conversations. Be bold in those conversations. And I think the beauty of the gospel is that it's not just the grace and power for salvation. Okay, you're in. You're in. You're in heaven. Good. But it's grace for everyday life, right? It's the grace for those little moments that we have every day where we can live and share our faith. Right? And the gospel gives us that grace and that power and that boldness to do that.
Uh, so be thankful for that and be praying for that every day. Let's close in a word of prayer. Um, yeah, and then we'll wrap things up. Father God, we thank you that you've put us exactly in the, the areas you would like us in, in our work environments, Lord. And you've given each of us here just opportunities to live out the gospel, to love others well, to share the gospel, Lord. And as we go forward, as we go out this week, um, I, I hope no one feels guilty or like obligated to just have to do something, but really that they can take this kind of one moment at a time. Just every morning, pray for opportunities to, to strike up those conversations, to live out their faith in little ways, um, and to grow each day in these things. And we know that if, through that, you'll be working and that you will provide those moments where we can just have those blessed conversations, where we can share um, Christ and how good he is in our lives and um, just how he came to save us, Lord. And we pray for our coworkers and the, the folks that we work with, our bosses, the people that we oversee. Um, we pray for their hearts, Lord, that uh, you will use us uh, to, to bring them to a saving faith in Christ. That uh, some of those we think are, would never happen, but we know you can do miracles. You can save anyone, Lord. Um, and let us just be a, a small part of that. So we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.